Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner. It is the Wednesday edition of the show. It's a very weird sentence to say. We don't really normally do Wednesday episodes of the show. Welcome in, Jamie. How are you on this Wednesday? We got a lot of stuff to get into. We got to tell the people what today and tomorrow's shows are going to look like, but I do feel the need to check in with you. How are you doing on this fine Wednesday morning? Doing good. Getting closer to getting into the Christmas spirit here. A couple, only a few days away, but uh, I'm excited. This week's going to be a little bit different here on the TDN Fantasy Podcast. A little bit throwback to some previous seasons and what we're going to do because of all of the delayed games. We have some interesting opportunities here to kind of break every game down and, and give you a little bit more help as you enter your fantasy semifinals. You, the Christmas spirit, you're like the biggest cringe I know. That's not true at all. You definitely know people that are more miserable than me. You know at least like three people more miserable than me. You do test that limit on a, on a weekly basis, but yes, I probably agree with that. Uh, before we get into telling you what the next two days of the shows are going to look like, i got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. They remain your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus if you use our promo code BELIEF. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, and that 50% welcome bonus is on your first deposit. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts okay today's show recapping every game from week 15 that's right we're going all the way back to thursday last thursday almost a week ago we are recapping every game uh through last night jamie's going to weave in some rankings talk potentially some waiver wires depending on how uh these games play out and then tomorrow it's rare has not been done in a while jamie and i certainly haven't done it in a while tomorrow the thursday edition of the show a preview show. That's right. We're going to preview all of these football games, talk about the real-life side of things, also talk about the fantasy football implications with it being playoff season. So that is what you have to look forward to on tomorrow's show. Jamie, got a lot of games to get into. We'll start by going all the way back to that Thursday night football game. The Chiefs beat the Chargers in overtime 34-28. to And I think the biggest story from this football game, Jamie, because it is a position that we've been talking about a lot on the show Travis Kelsey, a monster football game in this one. 10 catches, 191 yards, two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill has 12 catches, 148 yards, and one touchdown. The important note there, Tyreek Hill placed on the COVID list yesterday. So that I to say, both of them have been rewarded for their big performances by, by being put on the COVID list. So don't know what their availability is going to be for this Sunday's matchup. But, uh, Jamie, uh, these two offenses in this football game certainly uh, produced. Yeah, so this is going to be a really interesting one to watch this week on all fronts because if you have Patrick Mahomes on your team and you want to start him in your semifinals, you don't really feel good about starting him if he's without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, the NFL's new rules on COVID for those that are vaccinated will alleviate uh, a lot of these concerns. Like the the path back to playing is significantly easier than it was two weeks ago uh, and it was even la- even at the beginning of last week. So – I'm not going to rule any of these guys out. They're both ranked pretty highly in my rankings this week. I don't want to rule them out yet, but keep that in mind. Um, if you don't have a backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes, and maybe you have another a solid option available to you. You know, maybe, you know, maybe a, a Taysom Hill is still available in your league, or a Joe Burrow, or a Cam Newton, or somebody like that, or Tua. You might want to have, you know, use that bench spot for a little bit of insurance just in case. Because I don't know if I'm going to like right now, Patrick Mahomes is ranked as my QB5, assuming both those guys play, he will definitely drop 
uh, if he does not, probably to like QB 10, maybe QB 9. So like he's, he's going to drop significantly if those guys don't play, maybe a little bit lower than that. So something to keep an eye on with them. But of course, you know, the first week I, I make a make a point to take yeah. Travis Kelsey outside of my number one spot. He, he showed you an absolutely monster game, although I still do not have him ranked as tight end one next week. So he is tight end two for week 16 for me. Is uh, We're going to get to this gentleman a little bit later on. Where's Mark Andrews on that list? Numero one. Yeah. He... <laughs> okay. So interesting way to present that. Um, yeah, certainly uh, worthy of that with how well he has been playing. Uh, Jamie, I'd like to move on to the Colts-Patriots game because I'd like to talk about in the year 2021, RB1 for you this week should be getting some MVP love in a year in which I don't think a quarterback has run away with this. Jonathan freaking Taylor with another fantastic football game. He is very good at the football, Jamie. Very good. He, he is very good at the football. Uh, number one on my Flex 50 rankings that came out today. Number one in your hearts. Number one on fantasy teams. And one of the few star players this week that actually lived up to their name. There were only a handful. and We had a lot of them in the non-Sunday games uh, that lived up to it. But otherwise, it was a tough week for a lot of superstars. But not Jonathan Taylor. Continues to be an absolute monster and Look, there's, if you watch this game, one, I'm sorry, uh, and two, <laughs> there was no doubt why the Colts won. Like, there's just no doubt. Like, there, 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 Carson Wentz threw 12 passes. Carson People Wentz completed did, five passes, which was he not did a great. Mac Jones uh, impression, which was not great if you had any pass catchers for uh, the Colts. I mean, Naeem Hines gets in the end zone, but literally nobody on earth was starting Naeem Hines anymore at this point, unless you were in like a 30-team league. Uh, Michael Pittman gets ejected from this game, really hurts you there, but. Taylor's an absolute monster um, is probably, I mean, he's got to be the, what the, the favorite to be the fantasy MVP right now. Right. Like who else could it be? I, I right. I mean, even like an, any oh. consideration, a Cooper cup, Debo, Debo. I think the uh, the Cooper cups fair. Debo's fair. I think that's probably the, the end of the list. I still think Taylor's about like, to me, I think Debo is like a solid third. Well, I, I guess this is interesting. We are going to do like a recap show at some point. Um, you know, because I, th- I think Cordell Patterson's got to be in the conversation, especially when you're considering where he was drafted slash not drafted. Um, you know, there's a little bit of James Robinson vibes there, you know, of where a guy that you were able to pick up as my cat is climbing all over me uh, during this podcast. But, you know, you picked him up week one, week two and and rode him all season. So I guess this is an interesting conversation to be had. But Jonathan Taylor, because I was thinking about this last night, Chris, because this is the things I think about it at night. Late um, at night, yeah. Yeah. So January 4th is a Tuesday, right? I didn't just make that up in my mind. I'm going to look at my calendar. It is a Tuesday. Okay. That is, I have soft circled that day. That's a fun phrase that they use in business, soft circle. It makes it sound yeah. like it's not. Instead of just saying I tentatively or I might do this, you say soft circle. That's okay. This is like way too early mock draft for next year. Oh, no. For fantasy. So keep an eye out for that, by the way. I. Uh, Taylor versus Derrick Henry for that number one overall spot is going to be very interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to have to toss that around my mind for the next week, week and a half or so. I'm not Right now, I'm not sure where I go there. But uh, just something I was thinking about. I know it doesn't help you all this week. But uh, my advice, start Jonathan Taylor. Uh, on the Patriots side of things. Hunter Henry? Uh, I actually had Hunter Henry ranked pretty highly this, this I guess, last week. Um, I don't necessarily have him as a must start this week, but it was nice to see him have a bigger game. Otherwise, like it is kind of what it is. Uh, you know, you need Damian Harris back to get you that to fall into the end zone for him. But Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud fan, fantasy MVP conversation. And I imagine that we're going to see 
I, I know I keep teasing all those like percentages of, of playoff championship rosters that uh, these players are on. Jonathan Taylor is going to be among the leaders of players that are on the most championship winning rosters this year. The Dolphins beat the Jets 31 to 24, Jamie. The Duke Johnson game, 22 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, a lot was made of this Miami running back room going into this game because they were basically all put into uh, the extensive COVID protocol. Miles Gaskin was able to get himself out of that protocol, but it was Duke Johnson who ended up that, having the bigger workload uh, with, uh, like I said, the 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. I, that's really the only takeaway I have from this football game. Two of plays okay yeah i don't know what you're playing without waddle yeah and i don't know what you're playing on the jet side of things without Corey davis or elijah moore or michael carter so you know look at this point i'm not rushing to the waiver wire to get duke johnson um i think a lot of one he obviously had the best game of his career in, in this effort multiple touchdowns over 100 yards but i think a lot of this was the running back room didn't practice for miami all week and they didn't want to give those guys the full workload. Uh, I do imagine Duke Johnson will be involved. I have him ranked as my RB43 right now this week for the Monday night game against the Saints. I do expect him to be involved, uh, but I don't expect him to have this type of a share where he's getting 22 carries to Miles Gaskins 10. Obviously, has a tough rushing defense to go up against with the Saints. Uh, not a guy that I would prioritize picking up. Uh, I, I, still, I don't see a scenario where you play him. Like, I, I would rather, like, guys, I would rather play Michael Carter. Um, I'd rather play even a Mike Davis, a Devontae Booker, Jordan Howard. Like These are all guys I would still rather play over Duke Johnson this coming week. And I think the biggest takeaway is that Miles Gaskin, you have to be a little bit more hesitant on. Like I have him as RB35 right now. Again, tough matchup. Might not get, you know, might be closer to a 50-50 workload split. So I think that's the takeaway for me. Uh, the other one is Devontae Parker's absolutely a flex at this point. Uh, even with Waddle coming back, assumingly that he comes back off the COVID list. Uh, he's absolutely a flex. Looks pretty good. Two was throwing him the ball. For the Jets, next. The Bills beat the Panthers 31-14. to Jamie, the things that stand out to me, Gabriel Davis continues to be having a very fantastic season. That has been very fun to watch. Uh, if you're Stephon Diggs' uh, fantasy manager like I am, maybe not that much fun uh, because some touchdowns that you'd like to go Diggs' way have been going Gabriel Davis' way. Uh, Devin Singletary with a really nice game. He gets into the end zone and has 86 yards on the ground. And on the Carolina side of things, I, I don't really know if there's anything noteworthy, Jamie. Amir Abdullah, you've talked about he's going to probably be the pass catching option out of this backfield without Christian McCaffrey that kind of bared out in this football game the four catches he gets into the end zone uh Cam Newton adds a rushing touchdown on the ground uh, but those are really the big takeaways there are no Cole Beasley this upcoming week for the yeah. Bills because he's and maybe in- no Sanders still too so look Gabriel Davis to me is is one of the highest waiver wire priorities of the week uh I let me see where I have him ranked I believe I have him ranked in flex territory this coming week let me scroll up let me, on my me, list let me, here let me take a uh, but I'm here. excited about him he's, he's played well these last few weeks he, he's get, garnering a bigger role because of injuries and COVID. 33 33 is where I have him Again, not an easy matchup but uh you know I, I imagine you can see a lot of JC Jackson on Stefan Diggs uh, again they don't shadow with guys but I imagine that there's gonna be a lot of a lot of that which will free up uh uh, Gabriel Davis has a nose for the end zone. has got some size. Uh, obviously got a couple touchdowns here. So I really like him a lot. He's a guy I think you can plug and play as a wide receiver three or a flex for you this week. Devin Singletary is interesting to me because he's it's been a very tumultuous season for the entire Buffalo backfield. We, we saw you know Zach Moss get healthy scratched. Then we saw Zach Moss be the guy. Then we saw Matt Breida be the guy. Then we saw Matt Breida fumble and never get to play again. So uh, Devin Singletary has played a little bit more. He's got a tough matchup. I have him at RB41. I feel like that's low, but I also feel like 
I'm not going to have any confidence in actually starting him with like my season on the line and a spot in the fantasy championship on the line. But it is at least worthy of noting. I just I feel like there's going to be a lot of other options you would rather have. Carolina, watch the QB situation. Uh, I'm not going to. I my guess is Cam Newton starts this week. I would not be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, I do not think he's going to get benched for PJ Walker, but I do foresee him getting benched for Sam Darnold again whenever Darnold's able to go. Um, doesn't really change a lot. Um, I will not starting Chuba Hubbard this week. Uh, out, uh, running back 44, tough matchup against Tampa Bay. Not going to run the ball. Uh, they're not going to run the ball effectively. If they're going to throw the ball to a running back, it's going to go to Amir Abdullah, like we said. Uh, it's just, it's just bad. You know, DJ Moore is still startable, but it just temper your expectations. You know, look for why wide receiver two type numbers. Uh, a quick note on Gabriel Davis because I wanted to look it up. His last, the last two games, seven targets against Carolina, eight targets against Tampa Bay. Before that, the most targets he had in the game was five uh, in a game against Miami, all the way back on Halloween. So that's how far back you got to go for him to have this kind of target. So it's heating up at a very important time for the Buffalo Bills, just as they need it. Uh, one of the box scores that was one of the more surprising results of the Sunday slate, the Detroit Lions beat the Arizona Cardinals 30 to 12. The Cardinals are three and four after starting the year seven and oh, uh, Jamie fantasy wise. I think, uh, can we talk about Craig Reynolds? We can need we talk? to talk about Craig Reynolds. RB 28. He's cracked my top 30. I this. did it. 26 carries, 112 yards. And again, the while uh, Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift remain out, he is the guy in this offense uh, that is running the football. Uh, and then I also think, Jamie, I'm on Ross St. Brown is a thing. He has established himself. These last three to four weeks have been exceptional for him. Um, this is kind of what we anticipated him being at the start of this process, at the start of the year. Uh, this is the role that we thought he could have, and he has been very good. This last, let me just tell you this last three games. Uh, 12, tar 12 catches, I'm sorry, 10 catches, 86 yards on a touchdown in the walk-off win against Minnesota. Eight catches, 73 yards in the loss at Denver. And then this past week, eight catches, 90 yards and a touchdown against the Cardinals. Yeah, I haven't ranked his wide receiver 27, which is pretty much must start. You know, even a two wide receiver league, that means he's going to be an elite flex play for you. Uh, he's a must start at this point in the fantasy postseason. Like he's getting the targets. He's making the most of it. He's got a good matchup uh, in a dome against Atlanta this coming week. Uh, by the way, as is Josh Reynolds, who cracks my top 40 as well. He has had a real good connection with his old friend, Jared Goff, from their Rams days. He, outside of one bad game, has been really good since going over to Detroit. I think both those guys need to be in consideration, as does Craig Reynolds. And th this is the if you, you if you've been listening to the show for a while and you remember some of the the championship run updates that Jake used to give, and kind of remembering like his battles with Doctor Roto from a couple years ago. And one of the things that Jake learned was you sometimes the horses that brought you the championship aren't the horses that win you the championship. And obviously, you were not playing Craig Reynolds and Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown and guys like that. Uh, earlier on this season, but they are absolutely viable fantasy options this time of year. And uh, it's it's interesting. And even even Jared Goff isn't the worst player on the world in, in, in Superflex leagues anymore. Uh, I'm trying to see where I end up moving him up in my rankings there. Yeah, he is all the way up to QB 18 this week. This is the highest I've ever had him, I think, this season. QB 18 for Jared Goff. What a world the, we live in, Chris. Oh, on the Cardinal is. side of things, by the way, uh, Chase Edmonds didn't get a lot of work in this game, but looked pretty good with the work he got. As they ramp him back up, he's going to be a flex play again. Uh, Christian Kirk over A.J. Green, at least in this game, in terms of production and volume. Chris, I want to ask you this. You're in Arizona. Do you, what, what do you think about that? Like, if you had to pick one of these Cardinals wide receivers while Hopkins is out, is it Kirk or is it A.J. Green? Or, or is it going to fluctuate each week? 
I think it's Kirk. Um, I just think he gives you more of a down-the-field threat. I don't really know what A.J. Green... Listen, in the red zone, you, you're going to throw it up and ask A.J. Green to go get it because that's what he's good at. But I think getting down there, I think Christian Kirk's your burner over the top, and I think he's going to provide you uh, more ability to get the, the ball in his hands. I'm worried about this Cardinal team in general right now. They have not been Correct. playing particularly well. And I don't know if you've, if you've peeped the schedule, but this Saturday they got the Colts, and that defense has been very good for Indy. Um, and then they got Dallas, and then they got Seattle. And I don't care how bad Seattle is. We'll get to them later. That game's always difficult. The game's always stupid. That game's always dumb. And so Dare those I are the last three games. They are who we thought they were? Dare I say it, Chris? Well, For those of you who don't you, know, I used to be a big Cardinals fan. Uh, I don't have an affiliation anymore, but I was a season ticket holder from the Denny Green era on. So uh, I have a lot of trauma still built up from some of those teams, like watching and John I think, Navarre play football. Oof. On, on that note, we will move to the Dallas Cowboys beating the New York Giants 21-6. to How much of this game did you see, Jamie? It was just a red zone only game for you? Because I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's your question? So this is not fantasy related, but I just need your oh, thoughts. Okay. The interception that they gave to, to Diggs in the end zone late in the second yeah. half of this football game. What the heck are they doing? That's not an interception. What's going yeah, on? That was, it was so strange. Uh, Calvin Johnson wants to know. Uh, Des Bryant wants Des to Bryant know. wants to know if that's an <laughs> interception. Then what they did was were catches. Um, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I I, I don't get that one either. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, though, Chris. Uh, also, by the way, from a real life perspective, Dak's off, man. Feels like, it feels like something's it's, weird. Yeah, yeah, like he's still hurt. I know he's pretending he's not, but like, I mean, Jerry Jones is calling him out. Ryan Clark's calling him out. Like he's he hasn't been great in this game. Uh, an overall just underwhelming game from everybody involved. Actually, Tony Pollard looked pretty good considering the major foot injury that he has. He runs for 6.2 yards per carry. Uh, again, you're still starting Lamb every week. You're still probably starting Cooper every week. Same thing with Elliott. But, like, I would temper your expectations. Dak's back down to QB 10 again this week. So low-end QB 1s where I had him last week, where I have him again this week. I just don't – I don't trust him in the numbers right now. Boy, from a giant side of things, uh, you lose Sterling Shepard with an Achilles. Yeah, that sucks. Lose him for the year. Um, Saquon, Saquon was wasn't not particularly great. good in this game. Devontae uh, Booker still looks more explosive. Uh, which Kenny is, Galladay's uh, not very good. No, he sucks. And he had that one, not, he had that Fromm one like prayer catch from Jake Fromm, but like otherwise, and nothing. There. There's really like no like you're still probably starting Barkley in. But some you now leagues. have Jake Fromm as the starter the rest of the way. They've shut down great. Daniel Jones. So Kadarius Tony's coming back, but. Eh. Remember, remember, like two months ago when like people said Kadarius Tony was going to like win you fantasy leagues on his own. That was fun because he had like two good games. People were saying that. People, we were so wrong. reactionary. Specifically in the fantasy community, yes, one thousand percent. The Titans and the Steelers met, and the Steelers won that game nineteen to thirteen. Um, listen, Jamie, I, I don't. Dante Foreman's kind of where I want to start with this conversation because yeah. he's, he's a been thing. very good. Um, in, re- in replacing Derrick Henry. Uh, 22 carries, 108 yards in this game. He's also catching some passes out of the backfield. was targeted three times. They, What's so interesting to me, Jamie, is, and I'm not super surprised by this, but they really haven't changed the way this offense runs. They've just changed who they're giving the ball to in the backfield because Derrick Henry has been hurt. And I know this was a loss for Tennessee, but they're still 9-5. and five, And Dante Foreman's running the ball extremely well. Yeah, and they trust him. Uh, obviously, he's the most physical of the backs that are still healthy there right now. They trust him to have success. Was there a little bit le- for a cup of coffee last year as well? You know, he's he's in that flex consideration. I have him right now at RB29, so he's kind of in this range right now with like Craig Reynolds, Rashad Penny, A.J. Dillon. Like he's kind of in that group for me for week 16. 
where I can foresee a scenario. Like you probably will like a receiver on your roster better, but I, I could foresee a scenario where like a, a two flex league where you feel comfortable starting him. He's going to get the workload. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't shy away from that at all. Uh, he plays on Thursday too, so that'd be interesting. He has the home game there against the Niners, but this is a uh, this is a weird team. I know they're going to get. They hope to get AJ Brown back this week. I have ranked him for this week, but I am not optimistic because it is a short week. But I'll, I'll leave him in there for now. Even so, expect maybe wide receiver two numbers. Uh, there's really no other Tennessee player. Like I'm not playing McNichols or Hilliard or Nick Westbrook or anybody else right now. It's literally Deontay Foreman as a potential flex and AJ Brown. Uh, as a wide receiver two or a flex if he's back. On the Steelers side of things, just, you know, okay, Friday, we this game with concur- okay. Just hold on. Oh, imagine, hold on. imagine the seven, six, and one Steelers winning this football game, 19 to 13. And you just look at this box score. Look at how they got to this, it's a this victory. It's atrocious. The only touchdown is Big Ben QB sneaking it. He is 148 yards passing. Najee Harris doesn't even have a good game. You mentioned Fryermuth leaves. Nobody had a second. good game. Second concussion in the last month. Yeah, that's not good. I ranked him this week. I'm not expecting him to play right now, but I'll rank him for now. Uh, uh, Zach Gentry is a guy to watch in his place because I do think Gentry would at least be like a top 25 tight end um, if Frymouth would be out. Again, I don't know a scenario where you're playing that deep in the tight end to pool, but if you are, there you go. Where are you looking at the box score? Are you on ESPN or where are you? Where are you? No, I'm on, I'm on the score. Okay, so this is clearly a typo. But Chase Claypool's official stat line for receiving on two targets, zero catches for 12 yards. I don't know how that happened. feels like somebody made a mistake. Oh, yeah. That, somebody was screenshotting that. The efficiency is off the charts. Just a, a, Infinite incredible. efficiency for Chase Claypool. Uh, but that's Steelers really it, gonna, I think. The Steelers are going to F around and make the playoffs, aren't they? Probably. I mean, And then lose by and, 28. Because, because here's why, Jamie. The AFC North, nobody's running away with that. The Ravens lost. Nobody's doing the anything. Browns with lost. It. Yeah. Well, they're just kind of hanging. Six, around. eight, and six, seven, six, and one, and seven, and seven. That that is the the AFC North right now. The AFC North. We, I was talking about this with our good friend Kyle Krabs of the Draft Dudes. Check out their podcast. Yes, please. Um, cheap plug. But we joke like there's a legitimate chance that the top AFC team that does not make the playoffs will have the same, if not better, record than the team that wins the AFC North. Yeah, we were joking how it was probably going to be the Dolphins just to relive some trauma for Kyle. Yes. The Houston Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-16. to 16. Um, In a game that was predictably fun. Two terrible teams that play each other is always good football. Maybe not good it football. Was, fun football. I should, it I should was fun play. football. I think that was a, a, a better better term to use. Uh, Davis Mills is is you know, the start of the rest of the way. And I think he's playing pretty well. Can we talk Again, about I'm, that for a second? Please. Because like, I, I came in with negative expectations for Davis Mills. I, I liked him a little bit in the pre-draft process, but felt like a guy that needed a lot of time. Kind of got thrown in there, looked horrible. I mean, just abysmal earlier this season. But since retaking over for Terod Taylor, I'm just from even from a real life perspective, I'm still I'm kind of digging it a little bit. Like well, fantasy wise, I'm at QB twenty six this week, so super flex option only. But uh, you know, I'm I'm at least intrigued now. Yeah, I think I think the important thing to note here is I was very critical of the the way the Texans went about this. They didn't have a first or a second round pick. Their first pick was in the third round, and they decided to take a quarterback in Davis Mills, right? That was what they did with one of their picks, despite having all of these other holes on their roster. The process wasn't particularly good here because they put themselves in a weird situation to where where they're picking now in this year's draft, 
They're kind of like, well, we just drafted a quarterback. We can't draft another quarterback. Davis Mills is playing well enough to justify hashtag draft good players next season and just roll with Mills in 2022 and reevaluate yourself for 2023 and beyond. And you're going to acquire a ton thing. of draft picks for this year and next year because you know yes. why. We will yes. talk. We, we will have plenty of time this offseason to get into it, but you're going to acquire a ton of first round picks. You're going to have a top pick. You're, you're fine. Brandon Cook's awesome again. Uh, really good to see him continue to have success there. On the Jacksonville side of things, welcome back, James Robinson. Welcome Hello. back to the end zone. Uh, you, and I, you, you and I had a conversation in which I said to you, where's the James Robinson post-Urban Meyer bump? And you, you, you were like whispers that it's the same play caller. Jamie, you got to believe sometimes. You got to believe. James Robinson back. Wait till you see where I have him ranked this week, Chris. You know, I have the rankings open. I didn't take a peek at that. Let's let me, see. Let me just, let, let, let's, let me let's see where Chris can find him. RB8. Against your New York football. Yes. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. My team RB8. stinks. Uh, RB8. Love to see it. Other things of note. Again, PPR deeper leagues. Laquan Treadwell continues to be a thing. You see the the stat line? Nine targets. Yeah. He's their top receiver right now in terms of the way they're they're getting him the ball. Again, we're talking deep leagues sort of a thing. I'm trying to see where I had Treadwell. Yeah, like a wide receiver 59. So, like, again, you need to be in a really deep league, but something to be aware of there. James O'Shaughnessy, if you're desperate, a tight end, continues to get targets. Lawrence has a third tight end. Uh, How long is it... Chris, I want to know something. How many? Th- yes. What have you done since like Halloween? Like, how many things have you done like twice oh. since Halloween? Just well, I, got in, in, ca- I, I got a new car since Halloween. Okay. I had to do but that you didn't get it twice. No. I, so um, what you're saying is you got as many new cars. Oh, since in, as Trevor Lawrence has passing touchdowns. Yeah, saying. since Halloween, like I've gone back and forth to New York a couple times. Why can't Trevor Lawrence throw a touchdown? Like ever. He's got one touchdown since Halloween. Yeah, so I, I will fully admit the the Jags Texans game fell squarely into the when Red Zone puts it on, I'll pay attention to it category. That's where those two teams live. To 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 kind of take a, a page out of the the Zach Lowe NBA League Pass rankings that he does every year of which teams you should go. The, the Texans and the Jags are not high above my list. They didn't of, make I the just, list. I need to seek them out. So I'm not. I'm watching what Scott Hansen is showing me. Oh, by the way. In the next game or in the afternoon slate, we're going to talk about. I almost Scott almost got kicked to the curb. I'll tell you why oh, later. You're going to join me on the this Siciliano trip. We almost did. Scott Hansen. We almost did. But. So I'm only watching what I'm seeing on Red Zone. It, it it just feels very just generic what they're doing. It just doesn't feel like there's any oomph there. There isn't. Uh, there isn't any creativity. And you know, I I like Daryl Bevel, but like his offenses aren't that creative as well. I I clearly overestimated what I expected from this team, uh, fantasy wise this year. I didn't expect obviously much from them record wise. But uh, there were going to be a fascinating offseason evaluation for me next year of where to put Trevor Lawrence because I was pretty bullish on him as like a high end QB two coming into the year and uh, not. Obviously, clearly not that. Like, he's unstartable right now. Like, is he my lowest-ranked quarterback this week or my second-lowest-ranked quarterback? Well, he can't be my lowest because Jake Fromm exists in the world. So he's got to be, like, second-lowest. Trevor Lawrence is your second-lowest quarterback. Which, again, he's got a great matchup, but who cares? Like, he's had great matchups and done nothing. Like, he doesn't throw touchdowns. Right. Last last week was a good matchup. Like, Houston's not Yeah. world. That was one of those guys I was just, like, so wrong on this year. Just so incredibly wrong on. Uh, the Bengals, 
go uh, go to Denver. They win the football game, fifteen to ten. This is the game where Scott almost got thrown, Jamie. So you know, good friends over at Bet Online. Uh, if you're interested in taking part in some of the, the, the sports gambling, uh, I had the over in this football game. Took the over, and my condolences. S- Scott goes to the game, and it's a fourth down, and it's a punt. And I'm like, oh, Scott only shows punts if they're blocked or if there's a big return. And Scott out loud says, you know, on red zone, we only go to punts if it's blocked or if it's returned. And then the punt just gets downed inside the five. And and then he goes, or if we DQ out here on red zone, I'm like, Scott, you can't do that. No, his his producers did him dirty there. That sounds like he had no idea what he was going to. No, he, it was a, it was a rehearsed line. He knew what he was doing. He was trolling us in the afternoon window. He was trolling us. Now, in in fairness, this game was a big troll in and of itself because this game was just nothing. A whole lot of nothing there. Uh, Keep an eye on Joe Mixon's injury, that ankle. Um, There seems to be some optimism about it, but we'll see. If not, Samaj P. Ryan is going to be the guy that you want in that backfield. Oh, Jamar Chase, man. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because you said something in 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 one of our staff meetings, I believe it was Monday, where we were talking about the Bengals, and you said... Jamar Chase is great. If 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 defenses don't stop what he's really good at, which is getting down the field and being wide open, he's unbeatable. He's going to catch everything. But when they shut him down, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are freaking good, and they can also yeah. be extremely productive. And that's what you're seeing is that on a weekly basis, if defenses decide we're going to do everything in our power to shut down Jamar Chase, which in this game one catch for three yards, Tyler Boyd goes off five catches, ninety six yards, and a touchdown. And, and make no mistake, defenses are doing that. Now, Jamar Chase also had a, had a couple bad drops these last couple weeks. But make no mistake, he is being game-planned out of games by defensive coordinators. They're saying we are not going to let Jamar Chase beat us like he was beating teams earlier in the season. We will we will take the death by a thousand paper cuts that is Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins. So uh, Boyd's re- reemergence has been nice to see. Look, I have Jamar Chase as my – I got way too close to the mic there. I can hear myself yelling. Um, I have Jamar Chase as my wide receiver 18 this week, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, I don't feel good about it. But the other thing to me is Baltimore, I'm curious to see what Baltimore does because they don't have any players left on defense. But they also have done a really good job of just putting just numbers on top guys. Like if you saw the way they bracketed Devontae Adams, and they basically said, yeah, we know we can't cover him one-on-one. We're not even going to pretend like we can cover him one-on-one. We're just going to bracket him all game long. And just knowing that we have a talent disadvantage on a one-on-one standpoint, we're just going to try to win with numbers. And that's what good coaches do. And that's what Wink Martindale was able to do there. I wonder if they do this again with with Chase. So I, there's kind of like this weird spot where I, I kind of, if you look at my rankings right now, and it's kind of like 18 through 26 range. Because these are all guys here, pretty much name value guys, ton of upside. But like you look at the two guys that are just ranked behind them, Amon Ross St. Brown and Russell Gage, who have been more productive lately in better matchups against each other, actually. Atlanta Detroit's gonna be that game this week, by the way. That's absolutely terrible, but has so much fantasy value that's stupid. Uh I like I could see you saying, like, if you wanted to start Amon Ross St. Brown this week over Jamar Chase, I don't think I'd stop you. I really don't think I would. That's it to the to the the people who put together the graphics for the show. That's the quote. Get that one. Use that one. That's it. What a weird thing to say. That's the tweet. Not what I thought I would say at any point this year. I wouldn't stop you. I'm not saying I'd do it. I just wouldn't stop you. Um, keep an eye on d- that. Uh, T. Higgins, Boyd as well. 
Uh, Denver, I think both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon continue to be very startable. Javon, uh, Javante Williams has finally gone above Gordon in my rankings ever so slightly for this coming week. Um, Noah Fant gets a little bit of a bump this week with Drew Locke starting at quarterback. Um, but we'll see what this Denver offense looks like. More turnovers probably with Drew Locke, but also more explosive plays. So what we will see what they're able to get done this week. Who do they play? Um, they play the Raiders, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're playing in Las Vegas. So in that the, should be in interesting. the wild, wild, wild card race in the AFC in which all of these teams just play each other over the next three weeks. And it's just elimination games abound. Just oh, yeah. Well, they look at, look at the AFC North schedule. They all play each other in that division. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons 31-13. to uh, Jamie, I believe uh, everybody in San Francisco heard you talking about, man, Debo Samuel just doesn't get any catches anymore, doesn't get the ball thrown to him. They're like, nope, we got him. Five well, targets. Four. Well, well, he had like three of those in the fourth quarter. Like, he had one catch for like this entire game. I know because I had the under, and that's fine because he still hit the I, under. But, look, he had one catch for the game. The other thing I want to mention, Chris, I thought this is where you were going to go with this. I'll continue to say on the show, like, he's not going to get a rushing touchdown every single week. Maybe he will. <laughs> Maybe he will. So can you share the tweet that you shared with me this morning in our pre-show meeting? Yes. So th- this is one of the ones that uh, it was very interesting to me because, obviously, we've talked a lot on the show about Debo Samuel and the way his usage changed really much, really night and day over the last month of the year. Uh, this is from from Nick Wagoner, uh, who is a reporter out there in San Francisco. Uh, I believe he is the ESPN reporter. Yeah, for so, them. so just to make it clear, covers the 49ers for ESPN. So this is a yes. pretty good source when Jamie reads you this tweet. Yeah. So and here, and this is the quote: "The wild thing about Debo's rushing success is that he spends almost no time in RB meetings. The Niners' outside zone can be a tough for backs to get used to because of the footwork, tracks, and timing involved." But teammates say Samuel had just an, has just an innate ability to hear, see, and do. The now, dude isn't in the running back meetings, and they are using him as a running back. Now, one, hell yeah, Debo Samuel, awesome. Two, you've completely changed what position Debo Samuel is playing, and you don't even have him in the RB rooms. Like, so he's been in receiver meetings to get his one target a week. <laughs> What are we doing? But whatever it is, it's working. But it is what it is on that front. I feel like at some point, I guess who knows? Like Debo's like, here's the thing. If Debo Samuel could you just get you the four for the 60, it's going to make up for any potential risk he has about not getting a rushing, rushing touchdown. So if, if he's used more like he was used in the second half of this game against Atlanta, I'm all for it. He even threw a pass in this game, by the way. But uh, he's been really good. Uh, Jeff Wilson looked good. We'll see if... Uh, Elijah Mitchell comes back this week, but obviously you want to start any San Francisco running back that is the starting quarter, starting running back there. On the Atlanta side of things, Russell Gage continues to be really good. Uh, he is now in that wide receiver, high-end wide receiver three flex territory type of a play this week. I would absolutely play him. Um, again, he's in that same argument with like him and Demon Ross St. Brown have been a lot better than the Jamar Chases and Mari Coopers and some of these other guys where if you start them this week, I don't think I would stop you. Pitts was okay. Hey, hey, it's a good game for Kyle Pitts. Four catches, 77 yards. That's good for him. I just, I feel so bad. Dude, he has eight. He's, he's having a yards. really good season. He's going to have a thousand. He's going to have the quietest thousand yard rookie tight end season. I think we've ever I seen. I know. And I've said that before in the show. And that's why I, I feel guilty. Like, I feel he's like he's got I'm feeding four, into this. 
his his yards per reception are like over 14 and a half. He might literally break the rookie record for most receiving yards by a rookie tight end. Everyone's going to go ho-hum. He has the most, I think I saw the stat this week. I think he has the most receiving yards uh, from a tight end, rookie tight end since Jeremy Shockey in 2002. I believe that. Because, I like, mean, Ditka's got the record, so. It's just, By the way, that Jeremy Shockey rookie season was awesome. It was so, very, way very more good. awesome than this, which is so weird. It was what a weird, good. what a this sucks. By the way, I'm, can, I'm fascinated next year to see where Kyle Pitts goes in fantasy drafts because I can see one of two things happening. I can see people going, we're going to buy into the, the the touchdown regression, which, by the way, you should buy into the touchdown regression. Um, and you're going to take him as a top five tight end. By the way, when you, when, I just want to make it clear when you say touchdown regression, he's only got one touchdown this year. So Jamie is predicting it's that positive it's going to go, yes. it's going to go his yes. way. Yes. Positive. It's regression to the mean. So yes. po- this, in this case, it would be a positive regression to the mean. Um, not to make this a statistics class, but uh, or I could see people going, nah, this guy, we, we, we spent all this draft, you know, fantasy draft capital on last year. He burned me. I'm not doing it again. I I hope I'm not that, sure which one then, it's going to be. Because then I'll draft them. Don't stop me. I'll, I'll keep them. Don't worry about that. Uh, very quickly, the, the, the tweet about Debo Samuel that uh, Nick Wagoner quote tweeted, I think is very important. Among all players to catch at least 25 passes, Debo Samuel leads the NFL in yards per reception. Among all players to rush at least 25 times, Debo Samuel leads the NFL in rushing average. That's how good he's been this season. He's good. He good is little player. very good. Uh, Jamie, let's talk about uh, one of the better games of the weekend. The Green Bay Packers go into Baltimore. They win 31-30. to There's a lot to talk about in this football game. Aaron Rodgers was very good. The Green Bay rushing attack continues to bother me as an Aaron Jones fantasy manager because A.J. Dillon just is apparently always out on the field. He's just, he's just constantly out there, and he just he's getting touchdown uh, rushes in, inside the red zone, which is certainly disappointing. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a big game. Devontae Adams had a big game. Uh, that's all of the stuff on the Green Bay side of things. And listen, Tyler Huntley's played well the last two weeks for this Baltimore. Yeah, he has. He has played well. So on the Green Bay thing, I know there's a lot of like frustration with the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon stuff, but Aaron Jones still got twice as many touches as AJ Dillon. Yeah, well, so, like it I know AJ Dillon's. What? I say well, it did for some of us who had Aaron Jones in the semifinals of our playoffs. That t- stat line's not going to help us. I mean, he had what seventy total yards on a touchdown. That's not. That's not terrible. Like I, I don't. I don't know what. I mean, that's not. I really, was playing, that's not bad. I, I was playing Aaron Rodgers, so the touchdown canceled out because it was a it was a pass. Well, that's not, that's not Aaron Jones's fault. No, it is Aaron. I'm Jones. sorry, well, he's I not allowed him. to get touchdowns from his quarterback, Chris. I blame him. Like, like uh, get some seventy yards on touchdown. He's fine. Like it wasn't it wasn't a monster game by any means, but it was fine. What do you get you here? What? Two two eight point two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you he had fine. He was fine. Um, the bigger I know, the bigger problem you, I had was I played Julio Jones. That was the bigger problem that I well, had. I mean, that's you know you got to live with your own choices there, Chris. Uh, but he was fine there. Marquez Valdez Scantling starting to come on a little bit more, which is nice to see. I believe he's also on the COVID list. Uh, it's, it's tough to kind of keep track of who's who is and who isn't at this point. So kind of keep an eye on him. Baltimore side of things, man. Mark Andrews is is going to win some people some championships the way he's playing down the stretch here. Um, it almost as as sacrilegious as it might be to say, if I'm a Mark Andrews owner, I would probably rather have Tyler Huntley start this week. Because he's just going to pepper him with all the targets in the world. Like well, he's, he's, a, he's it, the tight end one either way, but Huntley's just going to pepper. Like if Huntley plays, Mark Andrews is getting twelve targets. Well, he's zeroed in on him on the two point conversion play. 
Yes, right. Should, I mean, no, but like, but, but but he did because he that's his guy. That's who he zeroes zero on. And you can't blame Tyler Huntley for zeroing in on Mark Andrews because he's really good. He is very good. Ten for one thirty six, two touchdowns, been an absolute monster. Uh, Hollywood Brown doing his best Jarvis Landry impression with ten catches for <laughs> forty three yards. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, oh. uh, I don't know who's starting for the Ravens this week, but I would say Marquise Brown's the startable. Mark Andrews is the guy, the startable guy for you. Uh, but boy, and Huntley gets four total touchdowns in this game. Like, what a monster performance for him. So I was going to say this to you. If, if if Huntley ends up being the starter, if Lamar can't play, and you're somebody that hasn't already picked up Huntley if you had Lamar, right, to hedge, I think what's really interesting is if you are in the semifinals, the championship of, of your fantasy playoffs, and your quarterback gets an, gets put on the COVID list, because that's this is a thing now. We have to re- start oh, talking yeah. about this. I think Tyler Huntley is available – soft circle Tyler Huntley's name on your list of guys I'm going to get if my quarterback can't play this week because of something. Yeah, I think I would probably put Huntley up at QB 14, 13 or 14 this week. If if I had to guess, I'd have to run the numbers on it. But like, So if you have one of those top 12 guys and they go down or they get put on the COVID list, Huntley's right there. That that would be the first thing yeah. I would do. I think actually I'd have, I'd have him at QB 13. Looking at because I, I again I have to remove Lamar in that case, so I would have him at QB thirteen, I believe. Uh, so, so again, somebody to have again, somebody might want. I mean, I imagine a lot of people are going to pick him up this week just because. So I don't think he's going to be like some sneaky guy, but uh, he is worth adding just to see. And yeah, I guess at this point, Chris, you're right. I mean, that's a good point. Like you probably should have two quarterbacks on your roster regardless, because who knows with this COVID right. stuff. You just don't know when when a guy's going to end up on the list, right? And that's that's particularly if you have maybe like let's say Aaron Rodgers. Like, look, we have to be realistic here. Players that are unvaccinated, that we know are unvaccinated, it's still the mandatory 10 days. That's why we know Cole Beasley is going to be out. Right. So if the quarterback's unvaccinated, there's these new protocols don't matter for them. So we made a decision early into the slate last week that Jamie and I said, listen, we got four games on Monday and Tuesday. We'll push the podcast to Wednesday. So that freed up by Sunday evening when we normally record the podcast. So I had some friends who said, hey, Let's go see the new Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, man, perfect. New Spider-Man, fantastic. Going to be a good time. Walked into the Spider-Man movie with 6 nothing Saints. I had Taysom Hill going in, in my fantasy semifinal. The movie ended two and a half hours later. I'm admitting, didn't see a single second of this football game. We Movie ends. We turn our phones on after watching Spider-Man. We see this box score. I, I thought there was an error. I thought the page didn't refresh and there was some problems. Nine to nothing. The Saints beat the Bucs in the other interesting box score. We had the Lions-Cardinals game earlier. This is the other interesting box score. Uh, Jamie, the Bucs lose Chris Godwin for more than likely the season with that torn ACL. No, no, he's got they, they lose... Um, Mike Evans has a hamstring Mike injury. Evans. They lose Leonard Fournette the rest of the regular right. season. Yeah, they right. lose Sorry. Le- Le- Levante I David the rest Godwin of the regular and- season. I mixed up Godwin and Fournette. Fournette could yeah. come back. Godwin can. I mixed up the injuries in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so much so, so much so that the Bucks are uh, signing Le'Veon Bell. So I know people are going to ask you about it, Jamie. So Le'Veon Bell on the Bucks. Eh. I, that, like, I was just, I was just asking for that response. That was all I was. Like, I feel am about all these guys. Like Kashawn Vaughn's not a good football player. I don't care. Don't pick him up. Uh, I will continue to say that. Uh, Ronald Jones will get every opportunity to be successful, and I think he's he's an intriguing flex play this week. But um, they're they're going to have to have Ronald Jones be the guy there. Le'Veon Bell doesn't have any juice left in the tank. 
Um, and even if he plays like the the Gio Bernard role that was there earlier this year, that didn't really wasn't very fruitful outside of some some small opportunities in the red zone where Bernard was able to get in the end zone. So uh, I'm not in love with it there. Uh, it this sucks. It hurts obviously Tom Brady's stock. Uh, obviously, it's a brutal blow for Chris Godwin who is going into free agency. I still think he'll get paid, but it, it it's a real tough blow for him. Let's hope that. Uh, Mike Evans comes back in place this week, but really the big winner from a fantasy perspective here is Antonio Brown, who's going to come coming back to the team this week. Probably won't get his full complement of snaps right away, but they need him. I have him ranked as a wide receiver 15. Should be a guy that gets peppered with targets here down the stretch, with or without Mike Evans in the game, quite frankly. Uh, it, just, it was like him and Chris Godwin were kind of eating into each other's targets. Uh, obviously, Chris Godwin will not be there for the rest of the year, so uh, get Antonio Brown back into your lineups right away. You know, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Perriman are, are, are guys that could be interesting to me uh, in certain scenarios there, but I think they're, those are flyers. Uh, I'm not guys I feel confident putting in my lineup. Maybe cheap DFS plays type of a thing if you're looking for a stack or a flyer. It, it's just, it it sucks. Like, it, it sucks to see that many injuries, and it, it puts Tampa in a tough spot. Like, they're going to win their division, Like, but they're not going to be the number one seed. But they'll, they'll win their division, so they'll be okay if they get these guys back, but... Obviously, not going to Godwin back, but they'll have Evans and Fournette and probably Levante David and these guys back for the postseason. So, uh, on the Saints side of things, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> this game was Marquez, brutal. Marquez Callaway had a good game. Yeah, he had a nice little game there. Get nothing from Kamara, nothing from Taysom. You're going to have these games from them sometimes. This is just, I hate these Bucks Saints games. I hate them. They're just, they all, they're just never fun. I guess if you're a Saints fan, they're fun, but like, well, only just, in the regular these, these season. Always feel like they're they just drag and like nothing happens. Like I hate it. Yeah, it, it's. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Next, move on to the the Monday and Tuesday games. Well, the, you're you're saying that the Bucks could say goodbye to the number one oh, seed. Oh, good lord, Chris, is this a read? You, you could say goodbye to dull gifts, lightbox, lab-grown diamonds, the brightest gift of the year, using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so that they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. And it was not a dull week in the National Football League this Stop week, Stop making that we transition had every time. Two games on Monday, two games on Tuesday. I will continue to make the, the references as long as it gets that reaction out of you. The Raiders uh, go into Cleveland and they beat the Nick Mullins-led Browns 16-14. to 14. Uh, Zay Jones, Jamie? I, no. Uh, okay, so th- <laughs> there's nothing to talk about in this game other than the fact that if if uh, Darren Wall continues to miss time, Foster Moreau is a potential waiver wire option for you. That's it. There's nothing else I mean, to Zay, talk about. Zay game. Jones had a good game. Can we not at least... That's adorable. Don't care. Okay, we're just going to move on then to the other. Nothing else uh, like Nick Chubb was good. Every, the Browns had no players. The Raiders. All right, you did, were Raiders. There's nothing. There's literally nothing. There's nothing okay. of value to talk about in this game. Nothing of value to talk about in Raiders Browns. Let's transition to Vikings Bears. Seventeen to seven. The Vikings <laughs> pick up the win. What's valuable here, Jamie? Please tell me. Um, searches the box score. Oh, Cole Komet. <laughs> so uh, another 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 tight end. Another tight end. Um, (laughs) 
I forgot how, even though it's only two days ago, I forgot how terrible this Monday slate was. It was oh not fun. Okay, I will say the ending of Raiders Browns was fun. The Mullen, game got yes, the game got Mullen's there. throwing the touchdown on fourth down, Carr throwing yes. the pick, then they making the stop, then for the, like that was fun. Fantasy wise, yeah. there's nothing relevant. Yeah, fantasy the ending of the not, game not was a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, like I don't want to waste your time. I just don't have any actionable advice here. Like you know who you're playing on these teams. Okay, let's move to uh, the Rams beating the Seahawks uh, in large part. Guys, due to you the- should start Cooper Cup. <laughs> That's my expert advice. Nine start catches Cooper a hundred, Cup. Nine Profit. catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, the Rams win this game uh, potentially via some controversy uh, with the pass interference. Well, I I mean that the outcome was potential. Oh, the, okay, the, yeah, yeah. The no, call no. So was, there's no there's no potential there. That was no, that was, was the most defensive pass interference I've seen all season, and somehow yes. does not get called. This is the first time the Rams have ever gotten away with an egregious defensive pass interference, though. So it's not like we've ever seen that ever in no. like a championship game of some magnitude. It's never no. happened ever before. Uh, Sonny Michelle had a good game 18 carries, 92 yards. Can we talk about this? Yes, because this is fantasy relevant. Because uh, while I don't necessarily think it's going to be this wide of a split going forward with Dale Henderson, Sonny Michelle is going to get at least, at least half of the workload going forward. Uh, he is the type of downhill running back that Sean McVay really, really likes and has been highly successful in that role this year. Dale Henderson will still get work. Dale Henderson will still likely uh, catch more passes, even though they both caught two passes in this game, uh, once he gets back up to full speed. But Sony Michelle is going to be a thing. And I have lowered Dale Henderson in my rankings. I have raised Sony Michelle in my rankings. Uh, it is something to note going into it because uh, Dale Henderson was like in must-start territory before the injuries and COVID lists and all that other stuff. Uh, if you've noticed in my rankings, there's been a switch. Sony Michelle, RB23 this week against Minnesota. Dale Henderson, RB24. So they will both should put up decent numbers for you. But if I have to start one, I'm starting Sony Michelle now, which is not where I thought I would be on this in this backfield split. Uh, the first losing season uh, for Russell Wilson is in his career as the starting quarterback there in Seattle. Uh, Jimmy, this offense just looks weird without Tyler Lockett. It's just different. I, I don't know what it is about what they do because they have talented receivers. DK Metcalf is talented, right? I mean, Dwayne Eskridge it, it can get down the field. I mean, again, I'm not trying to compare him to Tyler Lockett, but they still have weapons. But it just feels like without Tyler Lockett, this offense is just completely different. They have not been particularly good this year. It's music to my ears, uh, holding their first-round pick in this year's draft. But this team just has not been very good. No, and by the way, Russell Wilson has not been very good. Uh, no. And I know he continues to continue to escape blame. for. And look, there's a lot of blame to go around in Seattle. Um, but the defense hasn't been horrible this year. Um, Russell Wilson's been bad. Uh, just quite frankly, but for Russell Wilson standards, he has not been good. Um, and that's going to be a very interesting topic in the offseason because I am of the mind I would not trade multiple first-round picks for Russell Wilson. Uh, and that, we'll say this for an offseason podcast. We start talking about quarterback stuff. Um, I would absolutely do it for Aaron Rodgers. I would absolutely do it for Deshaun Watson pending legal stuff. Uh, I would not do it for Russell Wilson. Uh, I do not think, think he's still a good quarterback. I do not think he's an elite quarterback anymore. And the way he's played over the last year and a half now really kind of solidifies that for me. But that is an off-season conversation for us to have. And he will not be a guy that I, I think I draft very highly in fantasy drafts next year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Gerald Everett's been a little bit more involved. Rashad Penny left this game with an injury because the day ended in Y. Uh, came back a little bit as well. Again, flex play for him. Uh, I don't think it's something that you, you want to rely on Rashad Penny. But uh, at least he came back. Wasn't, didn't have a great game, but it was what it was. On, on the Rams side of things, 
disappointing that you know Beckham and Jefferson had some uh, finally had some off games after having some really big performances these last two to three weeks. But it is what it is. Cooper Cup's still an absolute monster. But yeah, my big takeaway um, is that the Sony Michelle stuff is is for real. And I think at this point, if you have to pick one or the other, I think I'm leaning towards Michelle now for the rest of the season. The last game of the week. Took us until Tuesday night. By the way, the decision to put these games on at the same time and yeah, you could only see them if you were in a certain – it was bad. It was a poor decision. Well, no, it, it's part of their contract with Fox. Like, no, there's I, a, I, I This I is why – I know why they did that. There, there are broad, there's very specific reasons why this happened. It's just – it wasn't fun because you couldn't watch Washington-Philly if you lived on the West Coast like I did. It was just impossible. You could not see the football game. Yeah, I unless mean, you, I mean the internet went, works. The internet is a thing. Or you had Sunday ticket. Or you know somebody has Sunday ticket like me. But Okay, there you go. So the Eagles, but yeah, beat. No, but there are, but to your point, there there is an actual like contractual reason why yeah. this happened this way. They're, they didn't just do this because they thought it was a good idea, because it wasn't. Because if 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 if, no. if that was the case, it was a bad idea. Uh, Philly beat Washington twenty-seven to seventeen, Jamie, for the seventh consecutive game in a row. The Philadelphia Eagles rushed for over one hundred and seventy-five yards. They rushed for two thirty-eight as a team. Uh, Miles Sanders getting the the large chunk of that. He goes eighteen for one thirty-one. Jalen Hurts gets the two rushing touchdowns for this rushing attack. He also adds a passing touchdown and 296 passing yards. As the Philadelphia Eagles are 7-7, seven and seven, the Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles have played really well lately. And a couple things to note here. One, uh, I will continue to needle Chris about his Jalen Hurts preseason take, which is not be more wrong. It was a bad take. Was uh, a bad two, take. poor Miles Sanders, man. He's got the most yards from scrimmage in the NFL this year without a touchdown, I believe, is the stat I saw. Hold on, was monstrous in this game. 20 touches, 146 total yards, 131 of them on the ground, but just doesn't get in the end zones because the egg he has an all year long. Jalen Hurts gets it. He was in on those red zone carry. Like there were some opportunities where it wasn't Jordan Howard on the field, but it was Miles Sanders in the red zone and they just like ran a sneak with Jalen Hurts. But uh, Dallas Goddard's been an absolute monster since signing his new contract. So look at this point. I do think Sanders is startable. I do think Howard is a uh, fringe flex play. Hertz is obviously an absolute monster. Goddard is an every week starter. Not as excited about Devonta Smith, but uh, I mean, but there's still a lot of Eagles that are worthwhile. Uh, Gibson gets in the end zone, which kind of saves his fantasy day. He's catching a lot more passes, which has really helped as well. Uh, six catches in this game, but. Um, I, I wouldn't read anything too much into this on the Washington side. Like Garrett Gilbert started for them. Like, they were down bad this week, but you know, at least Gibson, despite the fumbling issues that he's had earlier this season, is at least between the pass catching and, and finding the end zone, doing enough uh, to be to get you into the the middle teens and fantasy points. So, uh, this Eagles team is interesting. Like this is they're an interesting team, and I think you know Nick Sirianni, as much as he's been made fun of, deserves a lot of credit for getting this team where it is. Um, he's a very weird human being which I don't think helps the public perception when we talk about him, but he's actually done a really good job here. And it was actually a very good assistant coach before getting this job, but he's just a very weird human. So it's, he's very easy to make fun of. Has but, the team uh, tied, job. Uh, tied with the Minnesota Vikings for the last playoff spot. They have the tiebreaker right now, um, but of the teams at seven and seven, the Vikings, Eagles, Saints, the Eagles find themselves sandwiched between the Eagles uh, and the Saints. So, so Chris, and, let me ask you this, please. Right now, if they played... Yes. A week from now, Eagles yeah. at Dallas. What are you setting the spread at? Yeah. If that was the wild card weekend, because so that, e- there's a very possibility that, that could be a thing. Well, so Eagles at Dallas, you're saying this is, we're in the playoffs, they're playing. Yep, I'm saying this the- is wild card weekend. So they're playing in Dallas. 
So it's Dallas. Assuming Dallas is the two seed, Philly's the seven seed. We have to factor it in that it is Dallas and Vegas does weird things. I would say that Dallas is four and a half point favorites. Okay. And who would you take? I would take the Philadelphia Eagles plus four and, and a half. points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of where I think I land on that. Yeah. Because so, you got to give be you give them the standard three at home, and then I'm giving them a point and a half juice because it's Dallas. But by the way, I, I think that line gets set higher, and I'm definitely taking Eagles on the points. Oh, if so, you're giving me more than four and a half, I'm all over that, the Eagles. In that I, I think right now that that line would open at six and would probably get bet up. Oof. So, and I'm with you. Me, I take Eagles on the points there. Give but me again, six. Just, just interesting things that I like to think about this time of year, potential matchups, and and you know, looking at it and. This is going to be, honestly, I legitimately believe this is going to be the most exciting playoffs we have seen in some time because I don't think there's a clear option in either conference. Every good team looks is beatable. Um, every mediocre team seems to have a day, and I think this is going to be a really exciting playoff picture. Like, I really do. I'm excited for it. And we are excited to preview the next week's slate of games, uh, week 16. We are going to do so tomorrow here on the podcast. We will go through every single one of them, talk about the playoff implications, talk about the real-life implications, talk about the fantasy implications of all of these football games. And uh, that episode we will record tomorrow morning, so it will be up well in advance of the Thursday night football game uh, between the 49ers and the Titans. Uh, So that is going to do it for us here on the show. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio, thedraftnetwork.com. Underneath the Fantasy tab, Jamie's rankings are all up for the week. Uh, we'll sprinkle some talk of those in. Jamie's done that here on the show, but we'll sprinkle more of that in uh, on the show tomorrow where you so you know where all of those players are. Uh, at TDN Fantasy is the tour account where you can follow the show. Everybody, have a great Wednesday. Have a great hump day. We will talk to you tomorrow to preview week 16 of the NFL season. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.